1: dynasty decisions when to tear it all down when there is hope to continue to head towards those playoffs and what you should do with those rosters is what we're going to talk about today on Road Is overtime my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland i'm joined as always by sean siegel sean this was prompted and we love getting the listener questions into to prompt these thoughts for us two questions come in to me back to back within maybe 40 minutes earlier this week and uh, i thought yeah this is probably something that people are thinking about when we're getting the questions coming in at that quick of a rate so we are going to do two questions today sent in by our listeners based on that topic dynasty decisions and how you can manage that roster because we are heading into NFL week seven this is a decision point for a lot of people as to is the team actually a contender is it a case that maybe it's a bit of a pretender at this point that has scraped through some of those weeks and what teams should be thinking about so I always love getting your thoughts on this as well, Sean, and it should be an exciting show. NFL Week 7 is right on our doorstep, but today, Sean, Dynasty is our big focus.
2: It is, and as you mentioned to me right before we started, Week 7 has some of the most exciting teams in the NFL on their buys. I was feeling pretty good putting the lineups together for this week, subbing guys out, and even losing the Bills and Eagles players, those teams, and the depth uh, gives me a good feeling for – where we might be after week seven. Week seven is a chance to pull back some points on some of these league-leading teams and to start to make that playoff push, and that's true in all formats. You mentioned that we had some cool Dynasty questions. The rosters that we sent in, that were sent in, I think, are very interesting because they're not the typical lineup where the team has gotten old and the window is slamming shut and have to try and decide... Well, can I get anything for these players or should I somehow, you know, try and acquire one more of these leaky veterans and make a push for this year's title before undergoing, you know, the 40 years in the desert situation? These are young dynamic teams where the specific players haven't hit this year. Very clearly, these are OT listeners. They have rosters that I'm really pretty envious of. And so then the questions I think are more compelling and the possibilities are multiple in terms of how you can go with this. This isn't a case of blow it up, tear it down. It's a case of how do I make my young roster even stronger and does that mean perhaps foregoing a push in 2022 and then be even stronger and more powerful in 2023, 4, 5, 6, win a string of titles i'm excited to get into these teams but big picture uh, this is going to apply to a lot of the teams that ot listeners have
1: yeah because a lot of times the questions we get in they'll be specific to one team but we'll answer the question as to how we can spread that across multiple leagues and you'll be able to take the key parts and apply it to your team your league every league every team every scoring setting is different across leagues but sean the other thing i want to mention before we get into that question is we're recording this ahead of week seven we'll be doing our week seven recap show this monday my time late sunday night your time that will come out 5 a.m eastern monday this coming week and that will be our 500th episode of run overtime so i'm excited for that but the recap shows have been very popular one of these questions actually mentions the recap show so it's kind of a way to to tie it all in but you mentioned week seven sean i have one particularly dynasty roster where setting those lineups was not a in the team has maybe snuck its way into uh, its current record but uh week seven made me decide to send out some trade offers to try and move some players away so uh (laughs) week seven helped me make this kind of decision in in one of my leagues but first question comes in from evan steiner he is talking also about enjoying those monday shows so thanks for checking those out evan he has a question about dynasty strategy for struggling teams that are both young and good on paper so sometimes when these are veteran teams very easy to make that decision to to start to tear things down he said do you recommend staying the course blowing it up or making a few tweaks he said he started two and oh but since that he has gone oh and four so the last four weeks have been tough he is now two and four week one he gets 131 points since that he has only scored 102 or less points so the points aren't happening there he does love to trade he's wondering if that's the route he should go what we would recommend it is a one quarterback league his roster has Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, Sam Howell, so he has two quarterbacks there performing very well, running backs, not going to go through the full roster here in depth, but he has DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Jamal Williams, Eno Benjamin, Kenneth Gainwell, among others, then at wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Gabe Davis, Tyler Lockett, Rondell Moore, lots of good players there, and then a tight end, he has Kyle Pitts, Tyler Higby, Greg Dulcich, who's recently come back as well, Sean, looking at this team, there is a lot of valuable key pieces in this roster you have the likes of lamar jackson you have deandre swift jk Dobbins. you see maybe that's one of the areas where the points haven't happened if he's in your lineup and the points aren't coming from that it's gonna be tough other players who would fit that mold are kyle pitts you know we had t higgins maybe was a starter of the week that he then was active but didn't really get active in the game i guess we'll say what's your thoughts on a team like this where on paper lots of key parts relatively good depth in it this is a league where you're starting one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end and then two flexes that can be wide receivers tight ends or running backs i think overall looks pretty strong but based on what i touched on there the likes of kide Pitts, that t higgins week gabe davis has missed a couple of games jk dobbins not having strong weeks in some of the weeks he's been active what's your thoughts on on this roster and and what maybe you're looking to do with a, a two and four start at this point It's going to depend a little bit on the playoff structure, but this is an elite
2: team. And so you would expect it to claw back a lot of points and a lot of ground in the standings between now and the end of the season. I think that you can kind of sit back and play this one both ways, right? He mentioned he still has his 2023 first. When you retain that pick, then you have a lot of flexibility in terms of which which direction you want to go even given the issues that this team has had it's a little bit tricky to see how they could have ended up in the two and four situation but that's been kind of the story of the 2022 season in all likelihood it didn't have jamal williams in for all of the games when he scored well in all likelihood because of the pits overlap didn't have tyler higby in in a way that necessarily mattered although higby's Value is significantly neutralized in a 0.5 PPR as opposed to, for example, a 1.5 with all of those catches right around the line of scrimmage. He's got another emerging tight end behind in Greg Dulcich, who probably down the line will be worth a lot. In terms of what you would do here, you can't really sell on Kyle Pitts unless you're out on him. I mean, you're not going to be able to move Pitts and then compete this season better as a result. Anything that goes with moving pits right now is actually going to make your roster worse and you're going to be selling low so you wouldn't make a move there the running backs are probably the issue and then you look at deandre swift and jk dobbins those are two of our favorite guys i'm still very confident they're going to score a lot of points the swift injury has sort of low-key been the biggest issue of this season i think for so many of my teams ben and i did a long show this week talking about how unique the season has been, how low-scoring it's been, what that's meant for fantasy rosters. And one of the things that it's meant is that, especially in redraft, if you don't get points from those first two rounds. And so in this case, I mean, he's got like five guys here that are first two-round picks. When you have that much firepower at the top and your team isn't winning, then you know you've been unfortunate. But in a redraft setting, you'd say, I mean, Swift not getting those points or Kyle Pitts not getting those points. You simply can't make those points up in 2022. At the running back position, we have seen the veterans really bounce back and score well over the last three or four weeks after the first two to three were bad. So there are going to be teams out there who have that. The 2022 season has been not a good fit for the way that we like to play in Dynasty because our teams are very young. We talk a lot about perpetual reloading. A lot of the rookie wide receivers have not performed well. The top two guys with London and Wilson, it's been a matter of pass volume on those teams. And then the next big group, we have a lot of injuries. And so they haven't been able to put points up. Only one team in each league is in position to draft Brees Hall. I mean, Brees Hall has been amazing. He was one of our main redraft recommendations. But you get into looking at this team, and this is one of the great things about having young teams, because the potential to have your particular guys hit, even if you have a lot of players who will be drafted early in a startup, the possibility that your team will hit a stretch where they simply don't score for a multi-week period, that's true for everyone. But if you have that with a veteran team, If 2022 had been horrible for veterans as opposed to not great for young players, those teams are not only dead now, but they're dead in the future because all of those players lose huge amounts of value. I mean, think about what would happen if Travis Kelsey were having a season like Kyle Pitts. I mean, his dynasty value there would be completely dead, unlike Kyle Pitts, who still has very robust value and is still going to score an absolute ton of points over the next decade. Those things are true at running back. Those things are true at wide receiver. One of the good things that this roster has going forward is that Tyler Lockett is on it and has scored a lot of points. My guess again would be that Lockett was actually not in the lineup a couple of times when he did blow up. Gabe Davis is on this team. Davis might have been in the lineup when he scored in that zero to five-ish range. He might have been out of the lineup when he scored the long touchdowns. It's easy to see a path where start set decisions, they were actually the right decision torpedoed this team i mean sometimes you look back at your start sits and think i've given up a lot of points i'm just not doing a very good job at that i have to be better and then you look at the individual decisions and you look at the projections you know your own projections the projections at rotoviz the projections from other elite analysts around the industry and you're like oh yeah i mean i made the right decision it just didn't work out in this particular season this particular scenario so i lost a lot of points and as a result my team is not scoring well as he mentions The cool thing here is that you can take this a lot of different ways. right? You can move DeAndre Swift to a team that is in competition for this year's title and play guys like Jamal Williams or Eno Benjamin, Kenny Gainwell. But if you move Swift, you would want to get a ton back because now he's going to come back. We don't know if he's going to play. It's a little open-ended for Week 7. We don't know how well he's going to play, how many points he's going to score the next couple of weeks. But... Right now, because of that potential, you have the trade value, not just big picture, because Swift is going to come back and score a lot of points over the next, say, 36 months. I mean, it may only be that. It may not be a situation where he's a great player at 27, 28, but they're going to be huge games over the next two to three years. You can keep him and play those, but you can also trade him now. And because he's a potential second half of the season weapon you should get that premium as well in the trade because players who can make a big difference right now in 2022 should get that bump in the short term so you can make that move if you want you look at the wide receivers here and tyler lockett somebody who it probably does make sense to move he's been good he's an elite player geno smith's Peripherals are fantastic. So it's not super fluky that Lockett has been good to this point, at least from the perspective of how well Gino has played so far. Now, is he going to maintain that level of play going forward? i mean, that's a little bit more up in the air. I'm a Gino believer. We drafted him a lot in Superflex Best Ball leagues, but you, you have to keep your expectations in check and be rational and reasonable as you think about what the various scenarios are to go forward. That may be a situation where you sell and, and try and get more value back. For this team right here, I think it's a perfect example of how well perpetual reloading can work in a variety of contexts because you can continue to churn this team and make it younger, have more pick value in the future without it actually impacting your ability to win in 2022 and bounce back and actually be good. I mean, the question here almost is, do I actively do a few things to get worse and make my 2023 pick better and try and accumulate more picks i mean i I think you might take a couple more weeks here and see what direction it goes if you're the highest scoring team in the league the next couple of weeks which i mean with this basically all-star team (laughs) is a possibility you know then it probably doesn't make sense to have you know sort of tank your team a little bit because you're actually still very much a consideration for this year's title
1: yeah no i was that was the question i was going to come back to you with was with this roster you know with players that we expected to perform in the preseason and have shown at times this season that there is performances and they're particularly at the wide receiver position there's no doubt you'll have weeks where justin jefferson jamar chase have weeks where we even seen it with gabe davis a couple of weeks back where he has the massive game um it is a situation that those guys are going to put up enough points almost to single-handedly when you some of these weeks similar with lamar jackson you know if deandre swift comes back and in, in two weeks time he he could be doing the very same thing same with jk dobbin so if we look at this roster in august this is set up to be an absolute juggernaut and at the moment it is two and four there is still a path for this you know in six weeks time to be a winning roster with contention for the playoffs so the part that sean that i would be taking away from this is looking at the youth of the team and being able to move those players if you want it's almost like thinking of not tanking but Do we like make it a little bit worse like you said to to try and enhance those picks and maybe pick up some other picks or pieces along the way when we look at this roster the question was kind of about the blowing up element of it he thought it was an overreaction he did add and the question and looking at it i think it is a case that this team the best thing to do is stay the course unless you get a phenomenal offer maybe you do shop deandre swift out there to see what somebody's willing to pay and if you get you know something that you can't refuse go with it that way the other parts are you mentioned tyler lockett sean you mentioned Gino smith they are both players who are having solid seasons Gino is having a really good season we can say that but you know lockett still has value he is one of the older players in this roster you may be able to move those guys as well i wouldn't really be looking to to head in and move the likes of justin jefferson jim R. chase for example in those situations you're going to be in 2023 and you're going to be wondering how am i going to replace those guys that i traded away who are still two of the top five wide receivers in the entire nfl and and for dynasty purposes so there is a point where the maybe maybe i'll go into the next question sean and then we'll we'll get back to the the young players and where is that point of not moving them unless the the offer is too good to be true but on those veterans is that something that you think would be a a smart move to be just trying to play those guys like a locket over the next couple of weeks and not play them but in terms of putting out those failure offers to see if somebody's willing to, to take somebody like that
2: yeah, this is almost a situation where if you win this week, then it might increase Lockett's value a little bit in the eyes of some of your competitors. It, it depends on how engaged your league mates are, but if they're looking at your roster and they're stunned that you're two and four and they're trying to figure out realistically how they're still going to be able to beat you if you do go on a little bit of a hot stretch, then taking Tyler Lockett off your hands might be a play that they make not just to get Lockett, because so many dynasty managers at this point are going to be a little bit leery of paying much at all even with the level that Lockett is performing at maybe you don't get the price but they see him as a part of this team who could easily come roaring back and be unbeatable in the playoffs and they think well if i poach that player from this roster then at least i've weakened them and strengthened myself I'm willing to give up a little bit of future pick value in order to do that. Now, as you're looking at it yourself, too, you might also consider that element of it. Do I want to make one of my closest competitors stronger? But that is what we tend to recommend, right? In terms of the perpetual reloading element, where even as you move into the playoffs, you might sell some guys with value where that value is going to decrease and you can get more in the future and believe in the overall quality of your roster and know that the fantasy playoff scoring is pretty random. So there's an advantage to have a higher projected total than your opponent in the semis and the finals, that type of thing. But we know even when that happens, there are just so many different ways those games can go. What you want to do to maximize your chances of winning leagues is to create rosters that more or less always get a buy. Now this manager here has more or less done that and yet not only are they not going to get a buy, but they're on the outside looking into the playoffs it's a reminder of how fickle fantasy football can be but at the same time i think it's such a strong testament to that way of playing because we know that this team even though it's two and four is going to win multiple titles over the next six or seven years that's the position you want to be in
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
1: And in that question he did mention as well that he owns we talked a little bit about the you know trying to get an improved pick he does own his 2023 first round pick this next team is not going to have that so and i am going to circle back you know to pair that in with part of the question that i kind of skipped over there with the the young players and when to cash in but Aaron briggs since in this question gives a shout out sean as well to the stealing bananas crew so you and ben thanks for the great content he adds in there thank you Aaron, for listening in had a question about initiating a rebuild and dynasty and knowing when to cash in on younger players to build future value his question is whether he should move some foundation pieces to acquire 2023 first and hold them for next year or make some one now moves in the hope that he can turn it around and make it to the playoffs it's a 12 team league PPR super flex you start two running backs two wide receivers one tight end two flexes he thought he could compete this season but it started one and five and only sixth and most points scored for the league the team is full of young players and he had a lot of injuries. He said he already traded away his 2023 first and third to get Cyed Pitts in the off season So, Sean, looking at this roster, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Justin Herbert, Superflex, as I mentioned. He has Swift, Javante, Penny, both of those guys obviously injured. He has Chase Edmonds, Rashad White, wide receivers, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Rashad bitman Hollywood Brown, who is now also injured. Then you've brandon ayuk myers, shepherd. He has Pitts and Fant a tight end. So you can see through this team he mentions the injuries probably a little bit more easy in this decision to say well i'm missing javante williams i'm now missing penny you know there was a portion where godwin wasn't up to full snaps but he's back to that now dj moore's season hasn't gone anything like we would have hoped then bateman missed a couple of games hollywood brown now is out so it is going to be a little bit tougher with those injuries so he is kind of looking at i've moved my picks already to try and go for it this year and adding in pits i still think that will work out for him in the long run What are some of your thoughts here and you know is it a case of moving some of the the key pieces maybe in a super flex league you know you're going to get a huge haul for a lamar jackson for example or a justin herbert but then i also mentioned in the previous question the likes of justin jefferson when you get to a point next year when you're starting up your league it's going to be impossible unless you strike on something in the draft that leads to that in a a year's two's time to to actually replicate what you're going to have in lamar jackson Via trade for similar pricing, you're giving up at this moment. So, first thoughts on, on the roster in general, I guess. This is a, an easier decision, I think, for for me to to start making those moves.
2: Yeah, the injuries here have been absolutely devastating. And the luck has not been particularly good because he's sixth in the point scored, but only one in five. Obviously, that can very easily happen to you on some of those coin flip matchups through the first six weeks. You look at the squad, it's absolutely fantastic because uh, Justin Herbert, the 103. Superflex startups, Lamar Jackson would go between 104 and 108 in almost all cases. And I would have argued that he was more valuable than that, or at least that he should have gone to the top end of that range, not the bottom. You have Kyle Pitts, who was the pretty clear 109, 110, mentioned having already moved to 2023 first and third to get Pitts. It'd be interesting to know if that was all he paid, because even after the Cataclysmic, apocalyptic start to 2022 for Pitts. Um, there are multiple trades that I'm seeing for Pitts that are more expensive than that right now. And I mean, still should be. And those trades are justified based on what Pitts is going to give you over the next decade. So, three of the top 10 players. Then you have Swift and Javante. Both of them were second round startup picks in Superflex. This year, So you have five players from the first two rounds and then a well-built out wide receiver group behind that. There's just no way you can be competitive, though, with the injuries this season and the performance from Pitts. So now you're trying to figure out what direction to go. And the unfortunate thing is that Javante loses a ton of trade value with that injury. But I think that that's going to be inconsistent across leagues. So there are still going to be places where you can get more for him than i um, mean objectively he's probably really worth it the injury in the previous team we were talking about with jk dobbins illustrates how tricky it can be to move for an injured player now in dobbins case and in javante's case i think if you can get the right price it's still a good bet to make because it's a bet that if you lose if your overall process is still strong enough then you're going to be good against mul- across multiple seasons if you win on it then suddenly you win a string of titles And so I'm not saying you shouldn't pick up Javante, but if you can still sell him for a 2023 first, for example, I think you prefer to bring in a young player who presumably comes in healthy if you're going to pay that first round pick for him and you get off to the races there. One of the issues with your own injured players that does make it a lot trickier is that they don't have that ability to help an opposing manager win right now and so you don't have the same drive from another manager in that trade discussion so when you can move him and Rashad Penny the same thing you can move him it is tricky Chris Godwin probably the guy who makes the most sense you have the same issue here with Hollywood Brown where with him being out six weeks, and you have to really question if he's going to be able to come back and make an impact after those six weeks, then again, I mean, you're going to be able to get good value for it. Probably not. And then the other difficult part here is these quarterbacks are so valuable that how do you really work out a trade? Is another manager in your league going to have enough ammunition to give you to make that trade work? and still be able to then compete with the team that they have less i mean lamar jackson and justin herbert are worth three future first round picks that's what you'll see when you pull up my dynasty rankings on the site they're in tiers and you can see what the trade value is in terms of these picks coming up based on the tier that they're in lamar jackson and justin herbert obviously they're at the top of the first tier which is the three first round pick tier you can argue that they're worth even more than that and so There aren't going to be that many great fits. But if you're dealing with someone who has been doing perpetual reloading for three, four, five years, maybe they do have that much firepower. And what they need is a second quarterback to put them in contention or to put them sort of over the top to where now they're the overwhelming favorite. You can still lose as the overwhelming favorite. You have a bunch of guys go out with injury in the first five minutes of the game and suddenly a team that you're projected to beat by 70 or 80 suddenly can be competitive with you. And even then, you're probably not projected to win by that much in the finals. But we see those types of scenarios. You can see why another manager might want to come get those guys. The frustrating part here is simply that the injuries have been so complete and so overwhelming that you're a little bit more limited in your trade discussions. And then players like DJ Moore and Noah Fant I mean, they're going to be more valuable in a month than they are now. They're going to be more valuable at this time next year than they are now. And so, I mean, do you want to sell low just to have your team be different? There are going to be some situations where that makes sense. If you can get close to full value and you can create more paths, I mean, right now when you have DJ Moore, you're locked into whatever DJ Moore does. And there are situations in which it doesn't really get that much better. If you have Noah Fant, you're locked into him. We've seen some promising signs from him recently and even though he is not running the percentage of routes that we would like not generating the huge target numbers that we would like the fact that the offense has been more dynamic is actually a good sign for him how long can a good seahawks offense run him out there and have him overmatch defenders and say to themselves you know what we prefer to do is play these blocking tight ends i'm not saying it's guaranteed that his role continues to increase but I think that there are some exciting things there. The question you have to ask yourself is, I mean, number one, does Fant really have any trade value at all? He's on waivers in a lot of formats, not necessarily deep dynasty formats, but in a lot of redraft formats, he's on waivers, even though people are desperate for tight end points. But there's also the situation of if you have him, then you're locked into whatever he does. If you can make a move that turns it into picks maybe multiple picks even if those are low picks you know a couple fourth round picks I would not move him for a couple of fourth round picks just to be clear but there are things that you can do there there are players that do come out of that fourth round if you like to make selections there if you have experience drafting guys like Tyquan Thornton and
1: especially in Superflex you're going to get some other players falling into that fourth round you know
2: Exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. You know, you can get Dobbs, you can get Thornton, you can get players like that in the fourth round in some leagues. And so that part is fun to think about. Your personal preferences for building teams are going to come in here. And Chris Godwin really is probably the player to move, but you have to sell high. He's worth a ton. Still very much in what most people consider to be that peak range. We know that that can be a trap because it only takes little bit of an injury to torpedo a guy and then once people see that then you're not going to have the same bounce back interest that a 21 22 year old has you're not going to have people continue to try and buy low like you have with a juju when his career is basically done at 23 but because he's 23 people are trying to buy low on him for the next four or five years godwin at 26 doesn't have that same type of window. So you have to keep all of those things in mind. But Chris Godwin, a very good player. He's in an offense where he could be the wide receiver one going forward. He's in an offense that is going to be a high volume passing offense. He's a player who, because of the really low target depth, probably has a good weekly floor. There aren't going to be a lot of games where suddenly Tom Brady's like, you know, seven yards down the field, Chris Godwin, not not an option so because of all of those positives you should be able to make a pretty good case and i'm not saying go out there and try and sell all your league mates but as you discuss the possibilities and as you wrangle over prices and as you explain why i mean trying to sell a player to an opposing manager will never work but as you're talking through the trade and you're explaining your reservations of you know why you would want more or why maybe you don't want to give this player up you can go through that type of thesis And in many cases, the other manager will actually agree with that. They're just trying to figure out how they can get the the least price, which is what they should do. But you you go through that discussion, you work through it, you get to a point where both people agree, yeah, I mean, he makes more sense on your team than he does on mine. You make that move, the team gets stronger, and then you have to kind of weather the storm on some of these other injured players.
1: Yeah. And with a team like this, Sean... You mentioned Godwin. He's the player I think would be the the best player to move here to try and look ahead to next season. The other one is DeAndre Swift, although I'd like to keep him. You mentioned Godwin being 26. He will be 27 in February. So when we're entering next season, he'll be 27 and a half kind of entering that season. So it is also thinking ahead to that particular point. I also, in teams where like, you have to feed the lineup, obviously, I don't know how many injured reserve spots he has in this league, but when you have you know Javante out, Penny out, you have hollywood brown out you kind of have dj moore out at this point bateman is in and out of the lineup with those injuries pets hasn't really been hitting i i would also be and i don't know if this is something that you look to do i would be in a team like where the other team that we talked about they are all healthy they all look pretty good at this point point. and a team like this i'd probably be more willing to take on some injured players that you might be able to to get a discount on is that something that you'd be willing to do with the likes of a godwin on a roster like this that doesn't feel like it does have a chance in 2022 yeah and because you don't
2: have your own 2023 first then having a really low score is less appealing but the 2023 second if that becomes the 201 it doesn't even matter the year when you think about 2023 you have a couple of elite running backs. You probably are going to have a couple of elite quarterbacks, at least from a fantasy perspective. And then you're going to have some quarterback depth behind that to deepen things out. You're going to have another situation, I think similar to this year where there are a lot of wide receivers drafted in the first round of the reality draft. Now are any of those guys actual superstars? It doesn't necessarily look like it. I think it's going to be not a soft draft from a receiver perspective, but one that's more about depth than having some type of Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase type of savior. But you're going to have the depth there to push it back. You're going to have a high value tight end coming up. So you're going to have a deep draft, even if maybe the top end of it is mildly overrated outside of those couple of running back stars. You're going to have good running back depth as well. You do have a couple of running back stars that I think – especially depending on where they go could have a a more or less epic impact on the way the next three or four years transpire but even with that being the case even if it's not a great year for prospects if your 2023 second becomes the 201 in a super flex league that pick very very valuable and javante williams a player there too you can almost make the injury for injury kind of move where maybe an opposing manager will be more comfortable moving for him. If you take an injured player back plus a high value pick. So they don't feel like they're giving up multiple elements that are good. You always want to be willing to look to those injured players. It is something with football, especially that having those injuries can linger. So when you're taking on injured guys, you do need to get a pretty significant discount.
1: Yeah, and just looking at the rankings on the website, for example, uh, Chris Godwin, Sean, in PPR form as wide receiver 20, and that somebody like Traylon Burks, who is injured at the moment, is wide receiver 15, George Pickens, wide receiver 22. They would be players in a team like that I would be willing to, you know, straight up at this point take on that injured player. I think then when we get to next season, we're going to see Godwin's value probably slide down, those guys' values slide up again. just looking for people who may be in this situation is that something that you're looking to try and do get those though not those players specifically but those younger players who maybe aren't having the impact right now and move it for the contender who's looking to get Chris Godwin
2: yeah and Godwin again one of the values that he does bring is that it's not a one-year rental so you should get a lot back because his projection rest of season is very strong and then because of his age, because of how good he has been. I mean, it's been a little bit covered up by the amount of talent they've had in Tampa Bay for a while now. But, I mean, he's not that far removed from an overall wide receiver two season. If you've got a guy who was wide receiver two, 26 years old, a big projected scorer in the second half, he'll be 27 next year. But all you have to do is look at the way that players like Devontae Adams stefan diggs cooper cup are scoring at ages later than that if you're a star there is that path to continue to score into your early 30s and you don't want to be betting on that as you build your team but you do want to be aware of it and to not sell low either and so if you can get the young players back who have this elite upside one of the things with godwin is that he could very quickly be into a DJ Moore type of situation next year. We don't know what the Bucks are going to be able to do. I mean, I don't think it's impossible that Tom Brady continues to come back and continues to come back. There is a situation, supposedly, with his family where they're not happy with him. Right now, all the talk is that he's not happy with the Bucks. I mean, those things can change. But it is fairly likely that they have a new QB. And what we have seen demonstrated again so clearly this season is that it's hard to fill those slots. For every Geno Smith, you have teams that end up with a Russell Wilson, which is kind of funny to say. So if you can move him and get out from under the uncertainty for next year, one of the things that I'm going to talk a lot about in the Dynasty article that comes out around the same time that this podcast will release is to look ahead to 2023 and consider which teams are going to have elite quarterback situations solid quarterback situations, catastrophic quarterback situations, and then uncertain quarterback situations. Some of the uncertain quarterback situations will get better and those receivers will be elevated. But as we've watched with the jets these last couple of weeks, and as we've watched all season with the Falcons, you can have multiple elite wide receivers. You can have one of the best receiving groups in the NFL and your team can still build around the run. If the game scripts are falling in a way that that's remotely viable. And if the coach doesn't trust the quarterback to throw the team to victory, with that being the case, God wants someone you want to move, because if he gets into a Kyle Pitts or a Garrett Wilson, Drake London situation, then instead of the value holding and people being disappointed and you're having to fend off all of these buy low offers every week because other managers like, well, Let's see if they're willing to capitulate. Let's see if they're willing to give up. Let's see if they're willing to sell low. If you have Godwin in that situation, then it's crickets because nobody wants them, right? And so you have to be aware of that as a future possibility. And if you can move off Godwin there, and he's not the only guy, just a good example. You could have a different player that's similar on your team, and you may have a team that's in first place. You're not thinking about it from the perspective of, well, I'm losing. What do I do? you could be in a situation where I'm winning. I mean, there are teams out there because of how well veterans have performed over the last two or three weeks to where you're in first place, but it's a complete and total mirage. And this is your chance to get out. It's hard though, because the mindset is also, well, this is my chance to make this last run. You've got some competing incentives there and some competing kind of emotional landscapes that you have to work through and work within. To figure out which direction you want to go
1: yeah sometimes you have to kind of try and detach yourself from the chance to win this year to for the as you i think you mentioned this is the chance to win for multiple seasons ahead rather than that one single season but that can be very very challenging when you're when you're in that spot and with this has been a loose scoring season i guess people maybe could very well be in that situation but sean i think that's been a fun run through. i have to say thanks to evan and iron for those questions they sent in if you have any questions that you think would make for good show topics like this do send them my way you can send them on twitter at over Ireland or you can email them over at rotavisradio at gmail.com we'll use some of those we can't promise we'll use them all but when we get ones that tie together like this we, we try and fit them into the show as i mentioned we're getting ready for nfl week seven we hope you have a a good nfl week seven if you're signing up maybe you signed up last year around nfl week seven for a road his nfl pass or maybe you haven't signed up you've been listening in to us so far and wondering should you sign up you can sign up for a road his nfl pass and we'll make it a little bit easier for you with a 10 discount with the code rb radio 2022 at checkout get access to all our content and tools sean mentioned the article that he will have up either by the time you're listening to this or close to this time you'll be able to check that out as well up on rotoviz.com my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland of course you can check out all of sean's work up on rotoviz.com until we are back with that nfl week seven recap show on monday of course good luck and have a good one